Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm Shonda Rhimes. If you've watched Grey's Anatomy or any of my TV shows, then you know I love to tell a good story. Well, now there's Shondaland Audio. We've partnered with iHeartRadio to launch a slate of great podcasts. You can listen to the first four right now. Katie's Crib, Criminalia, Go Ask Alley, and You Down. And we have so much more coming your way. We can't wait for you to hear it all. Welcome to Shondaland Audio. Listen to all the new Shondaland Audio shows on Apple Podcasts. QAnon is the world's largest online political conspiracy movement. Followers believe someone codenamed Q is providing them with secret information from inside the White House. No one really knows the real identity of Q though. We aim to change that. I'm Jake Hanrahan and this is Q Clearance, a podcast series aimed at unmasking the true identity of Q. This is brought to you by iHeartRadio and Coup d'etat Media. In this episode, episode three, which is a bit of a two-parter, we're going to be looking at QAnon's initial birth on 4chan and how things began to change once he moved to 8chan. We're going to have to go back and forth a little bit for this to all make sense, but trust me on this, it will set up the much-needed groundwork for later episodes and revelations. So, let's go back again to October 2017. Remember, that's when Q posted his first ever drop on 4chan. Along with the one saying Hillary Clinton would soon be arrested, which we've already mentioned in previous episodes, there was this bit of information. Quote, HRC extradition already in motion effective yesterday with several countries in case of cross-border run. Passport approved to be flagged effective 10-30 at 12.01am. Expect massive riots organized in defiance and other fleeing the US to occur. USMs will conduct the operation while NG activated. Proof check. Locate an NG member and ask if activated for duty 10 30 across most major cities. End quote. Another one of the first drops attributed to Q reads quote, POTUS will not go on TV to address the nation. And POTUS knew removing criminal rogue elements as a first step was essential to free and pass legislation. End quote. Now, before we dive into why QAnon migrated to 8chan after those initial posts got traction, I just want to skip forward a minute to look at a recent Q drop. The content isn't exactly important, but let's just compare the original Q drops I just read to this one that was published this month on October 7th. Q, quote, do you remember when the media had wall-to-wall, living fear, coverage, re-NK? Do you remember when Hawaii accidentally sounded the incoming missile alarm? What happened? NK no longer a nuclear threat? Mountain collapse? China seeking NK commitment to fire short? Long range ballistic missiles? Pre-election? Q. End quote. Now, maybe I'm just not enlightened enough to understand what Q is talking about fully here, but one thing I think is obvious is the change of writing style. In the first drops, Q was on point, certain of what was about to happen. As you heard, he made failed predictions with dates, times, everything. Now he spews these vague do-it-yourself jigsaw statements that often have no relevance to what's actually going on week to week. 
QAnon has been growing and growing now for three years, so it's of course possible that he just eased into his position, got comfortable, refined his language. It's also quite possible though that someone else took over and changed the writing style. Anyway, keep that in your mind as we go forward. So QAnon posts originally sprung up in a thread on one of 4chan's political boards known as Poll, or the Politically Incorrect Board, which is overwhelmingly populated with neo-Nazis, white nationalists and various other stripes of fascist ideology. To read Poll, frankly, is to rot your brain, so naturally, that's where the first Q post appeared as replies in a thread titled Mueller Investigation. That thread was basically a comment on how US right-wing news pundits were smiling about the Mueller investigation rather than looking worried. The reaction from poll users to the Q post back then was at first a collective sigh, a sort of, oh no, not this shit again. That's because the essence of what QAnon does is actually nothing new. It's just the most successful version of a genre of bullshit internet hoaxes known as Insider Anon. Travis' view of the QAnon Anonymous podcast explains this. What's really interesting about QAnon is that this is part of a kind of tradition or a, a kind of a genre of posts within the within 4chan. I mean, they're called it's called these insider anons, and very uh, frequently someone would show up to the poll board on 4chan or wherever, and they would claim to be someone who's deep inside the government. They would, uh, a, you know, one example as uh, before QAnon is that there was someone called uh, Mega Anon who claimed to have insider information about mega upload and its owner kim.com or there was uh there in 2016 there was one called fbi anon who claimed to have information about uh hillary clinton supposedly they claim baselessly that they have some kind of insider information it's just something that happens frequently what makes QAnon unique is that it's the first one that kind of like burst out of the chans and into wider social networks and and easy and is even sort of referenced by the president as QAnon began to grow on 4chan topics spread rapidly across poll they didn't have their own board to post on so they swam in the same stream as the neo-fascists it's correct that QAnon initially gained a following on 4chan, but as we know, it later began to spill over into the world outside of the internet. People started attending pro-Trump rallies with QAnon placards and QAnon t-shirts, Facebook and YouTube were both flooded with Q content, and one Florida SWAT officer was even seen with a Q patch attached to his chest rig when meeting with the Vice President Mike Pence. Q didn't remain simply the newest strain of a 4chan insider anon for long. In fact, they were only on 4chan for about two months in 2017 before they had to find a new place to nest. Now, despite this idea often touted in the media that there are no rules on 4chan, there actually are. That's not to say 4chan is a good place that's well regulated or anything like that, but there are some rules. Raiding other groups or websites, for example, is prohibited. QAnon's constant pile-on of anyone against their movement effectively broke this rule for some of the 4chan moderators. Frederick Brennan, the founder of 8chan, claims that the QAnons were booted from 4chan. 4chan is explicitly anti-Q. The reason they had to leave 4chan because it became a real-world movement. They got kicked off, you know? Um, Hiroyuki Nishimura, owner of 4chan, is not running a super PAC called Disarm the Deep State PAC. 
you know, um, he he has done everything to try to get rid of Q, you know, that he is in his power. Yes, okay, it did start on 4chan, but 4chan did everything to get rid of it. Like, they've done a better job than Facebook and Twitter, you know, to get rid of Q on their platform. Q is basically a non-entity on their platform today, so. The only time I found QAnon mentioned recently on 4chan when doing research for this episode was when people derided the movement or accused someone of being a QAnon follower if their posts reflected that. So effectively, yeah, QAnon is still a no-go topic on 4chan. Now, the QAnons generally refute that they were kicked off of 4chan. They say they left after the password for the Q account on 4chan was cracked and people began posting all sorts of nonsense and jokes under the QAnon moniker. Q announced that 4chan was compromised and so they surfed around for a new home. That's when they found Frederick Brennan's 8chan in late 2017, a board much easier to customise. Let's say you're a 4chan user and a topic comes up on 4chan and you all want to go discuss it, right? You have to use one of the existing boards that are there. Like Q, for example. They had to use the politics board because there's no way for them to get their own board. But 8chan, in the beginning at least, you know, was self-service. You put in the name of the board you want. You put in a username, a password, an email. And it's entirely kind of self-service. I don't need to do anything. Uh, You can just get set up by yourself. Some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, fuck this guy, he allowed QAnon on his platform. Well, like I said, he didn't exactly open the door to them, it was already open. Anyone could join 8chan and create a board. You didn't need to ask permission, you already had it. QAnons had permission to be there by the default of the ethos of the way the site was run. I think it's fair to mention here again as well that Frederick Brennan did everything he could to get 8chan shut down and raise awareness about hoaxes like QAnon after he'd quit when his creation became a kind of Frankenstein's monster of what it was intended to be. It was never a nice place to be, but it wasn't intended to be this springboard for deep, deep internet hoaxes like QAnon. Some people find Brennan to be riding on an angry vendetta against the Watkins family the people who fucked him over and became the new owners of 8chan, which we will get to in another episode. There's almost always a rise in break-ins during the holidays. It's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 30% off any Simply Safe system and a free security camera. Recently, US News and World Report called it the best home security of 2020. So, whether you're traveling or staying put for the holidays, check out the 30% off plus free security camera deal before it ends this week. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home, and you can set it up yourself in just about 30 minutes. It's super easy. From there, the Simply Safe security specialists take over, monitoring your home around the clock and standing ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm. Get 30% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com/clearance. And hurry, the deal expires on Friday. That's simplysafe.com/clearance. simplysafe.com/clearance. As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. 
Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. I've had people tell me Brennan's stance against it all is disingenuous for that reason. I mention this for transparency's sake so you can make your own mind up, but for what it's worth, I disagree with the people who say that. I believe what Brennan is saying, and in all the correspondence I've had with him, he's been very straightforward about what he does and doesn't know. So, on Brennan's 8chan, QAnon really began to make its nest. They were able to have their own board, which was created by a man named Paul Ferber. There's an excellent Reply All podcast episode mostly about this guy that you should definitely check out. He has refused to speak to us as he did with them, but we're going to go into his role within QAnon anyway. So who is Paul Ferber? Well, on his Twitter account, where he has more than 25,000 followers, he claims to be a journalist, a programmer, an artist, a musician, a pilot, a teacher, a luthier, a biker a Christian and a medicine seller, whatever that means. What Ferber actually is, is a hardcore conspiracy theorist from South Africa that spreads some of the most far-fetched bullshit you've ever seen on the internet. Recently, for example, he was theorizing on Twitter that Joe Biden had been replaced with a body double or a clone. This guy is either insane, grifting or a mix of the two. Personally, I think it's the latter. Paul Ferber also states in his bio on Twitter that he was the owner of the CBTS board. CBTS stands for Calm Before the Storm, one of QAnon's many slogans. The CBTS board was the one created by Ferber on the 8chan board when QAnon's migrated after being booted or leaving 4chan. The exclusive reason for CBTS to even exist was for all things QAnon. Soon, Q posted on 4chan saying that he's migrating to 8chan. Q started posting there on Ferber's board where they wouldn't all get chased out by the mods like they did on 4chan. Now remember I spoke about the trip codes. The trip code from 4chan was the same on 8chan. The trip code is what identifies the anonymous user. The trip codes do change. They do get cracked. We'll speak about that later on. But at this point people were happy to believe that Q had moved from 4chan onto 8chan. I spoke to Frank Brennan about Paul Ferber's role within QAnon at this point. There are a lot of reasons to believe that Paul was one of the people originally posting as Q, for sure, because he has that same kind of writing style and that same kind of vivid imagination. So in the very beginning, when there was no trip code, it was probably passed between a few different people. It's really hard to say mm. how many people it was passed between. I, I I definitely think that he was always very involved in, in Q. Yeah, I mean, he definitely wanted to become famous off of Q. And in some ways, he did. For a while, Ferber became a sort of unofficial spokesman for the QAnon movement. He was Q's biggest advocate at the time. He'd go on to InfoWars to talk about the elusive QAnon plan. He'd spend all day trying to red pill anyone he could about Q. And he was eventually looked to by many in the community as Q's right-hand man. After all, Ferber was the owner of the office where Q came to work, the CBTS board on 8chan. 
Ferber was also the guy who would verify that Q was in fact Q via the trip codes. I think that Paul Ferber was involved with Q from the start on 4chan, or at the very least he took control of Q as it migrated from 4chan to 8chan. He began posting his Q spreading the same conspiracy theories he'd been screaming into the ether online for years. Ferber was wrapped up into the centre of the movement as it thrived on 8chan, and as Frederick Brennan just said, it kind of made him famous, at least within this strange conspiracy internet bubble. Ferber was completely and utterly on board with QAnon until, he says, the account was hijacked and taken over by somebody else. Ferber has said that he thinks whoever had it before this hijacking was genuinely leaking information from intelligence from the US government. He now thinks afterwards, now that it's hijacked, someone else is making fake information up. I think that's a very interesting claim. Remember, if Ferber was behind this, he can't exactly claim it. If he says, yeah, actually, it was me, the whole lie falls apart. Now, we're going to cover the hijacking in the next episode, but just keep in mind, Paul is one part of the web of people that are possibly behind QAnon. We haven't cracked the case yet, but certainly I think this is a very good lead. Before we wrap this episode up, I want to go over something I was sent recently by another Q researcher. It's a video by a guy called Steve Pachenik. Other Q researchers I've spoken to about this aren't particularly interested in it, but it seems fishy to me on some level as it did to the guy who sent me it. Have a listen. On November 1, 2016, Hillary and Bill Clinton and their entourage of assistants affected a civilian coup. In contrast to the usual concept of a coup where the military is involved and takes over the White House and communication centers, very much like the scenarios you see in a movie, this coup was done silently and very effectively through two methods, corruption and co-optation. The Clintons have been involved in co-opting our White House, our judiciary, our CIA, our Federal Bureau of Investigation, in order to stop this coup, we in the intelligence community and others involved have informally gotten together and with their permission, I am beginning to announce that we've initiated a counter coup. We're going to stop you from making Hillary the president of the United States. And at the same time, we will convict and indict the president of the United States Loretta Lynch, and many others who were involved in the cover-up of the massive corruption that occurred under the Clinton Foundation. So, as you just heard, Pachenik is making this wild claim that the Clintons are operating a deep state coup and that secret members of the US intelligence community are trying to stop it. Sounds a lot like Q's first posts on 4chan. Remember, we went over them at the beginning. Well, this video by Steve Pachenik was published on November 1st, 2016, a year before the first ever Q drop. So who is Steve Pachenik? On his website, he says that he was the principal international crisis manager and hostage negotiator under Henry Kissinger. He claims to be that and an action-adventure spy thriller author working with people like Tom Clancy. As far as I see it, Pachenik is your archetypal right-wing conspiracy theorist and political US boomer commentator. 
He enjoys airtime on Alex Jones's Infowars, where he claims him and his network helped to get Trump elected. He is a diehard MAGA operative. Here he is speaking to Infowars in March of this year. But let me ask you this, because to the to the general population and, and to the layman out there, it looks like now this is the storm about to hit. So I think the average American asks, now what is the deep state response to them about to be exposed fully and, and perhaps even put in jail? It's over. Basically, we're not even answering it because it's so childish, so immature, so ineffectual that this is the reason why we were able to be so successful. Now, I don't actually think that Steve Pachenik was behind the initial Q drops on 4chan, but he's certainly within the QAnon universe now and could have inadvertently influenced whoever the first Q poster was with the things he said in these videos. It's perhaps worth noting as well that both Paul Ferber and Steve Pachenik follow each other on Twitter and that Ferber has tweeted in praise of Pachenik on several occasions. They're both openly invested in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and they both claim to be part of an insider operation. Now, this is hardly an unusual meeting of the minds in the QAnon universe, but considering Pachenik's Clinton Deep State video from 2016, I think it's worth mentioning. If nothing else, we can see that all these ideas were already out there bubbling in the conspiracy theory pot. It just took QAnon to bring them all together and launch them into the mainstream. It was a team effort, even if it wasn't calculated to be one. I think, again, that it's highly likely Paul Ferber used his conspiracy theory influences to form the Q drops on 8chan. He'd take a bit from here, a bit from there, and spin it himself with cryptic language and the odd intel phrase passed in. That is, as I mentioned, until his empire was stolen from him. Next episode, we'll look at how Q was set adrift once again when HM was shut down. We'll go over Paul Ferber's new insider and on claims. And we'll also start looking into how we think the Q account was hijacked from Paul Ferber. Q Clearance is brought to you by iHeartRadio and Coup d'Etat Media. I'm Jake Hanrahan. You can find me online at Jake underscore Hanrahan. That's H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. This episode was produced by myself with fact-checking by Sarah Hightower. The music is by Sam Black and the sound levels were mixed by Thomas Griffin at Splicing Block. Gangster Chronicles is a weekly podcast hosted by former gangbanger and inmate James McDonald, rapper MC8, and myself, Norm Steele. Weekly, we get together and have conversations with everyone from former gangsters, drug dealers, and bank robbers to police rappers and politicians. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a glimpse into a world where society is rarely allowed access. Nothing is ever scripted and it's 100% real. We don't glorify the game. We simply educate and inform the world on what goes on in the streets of urban America. Gangster Chronicles podcast is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, this is Jeezy, urban philosopher, philanthropist, and the host of the Recession Podcast. 
a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'll bring you raw conversations about systemic racism, mental health, life on the streets, and much more. So join me on the Recession Podcast by Jeezy. That's R-E-S-E-S-S-I-O-N Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you prefer your podcasts.